This is not the week that you hear my Joey Tribbiani impression. Maybe next week. I don't know. Not this one. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms. We're so honored and grateful for you and and what you do. And uh, we acknowledge that Mother's Day is not easy and necessarily happy for everyone. And so if that's uh, where you are today, we just, um, we're, our hearts are with you and, and our prayers are with you. Um, and, and we want to honor uh, uh, the moms that, that are here and uh, that we remember as well. And uh, many of you know that I don't love wearing a tie, but my mom loves it when I wear a tie. Uh, she would dress me in a three-piece suit, um, complete with the pocket chain across the vest when I was a kid. And so she always watches my sermons online. So mom, this is for you. I love you and uh, I, I will put up with this because I know you like it. So <laughs> happy Mother's Day, mom. Um, I'm gonna call her later, okay? Don't, don't give me that look like that's the best you're gonna do for your mom, okay. Uh, but we are glad you're here and we're, we're thankful for, for all the moms. And uh, today's message might be helpful if, if you're a mom with kids in the home still. Um, we're going to talk about being tired. Any tired moms in the room? Yeah, a couple. And some of you are too tired to even raise your hand. You're like, just, <laughs> it's just, just know. You just know, right? Uh, we started this series last week uh, called How You Doing? Uh, where we're just going to talk about the three common answers that people give to that question. How you doing? We say, I'm fine. Uh, or we say, I'm busy. Or we say, I'm tired. And uh, some of you can work all of that in into one sentence. They're, well, I'm, I'm fine. We've been really busy, and so I'm kind of tired, but I'm, I'm fine, you know. And, that, and that's, that's kind of a go-to response. And sometimes even when you don't say it, you're thinking it. So last week we talked about busyness. And, uh, and, and is busyness a good thing? Is it a cultural value? Is it something that gives you significance and, and importance? Um, but the main question we wanted you to leave with last week is, uh, not, not how busy am I, and is that good or bad, but does my calendar reflect my values? So if you missed that last week and you feel like busyness is a thing in your life that you would like to get a better grip on, you can jump online and grab that sermon from last week. But today we're going to talk about tired, being tired. And there, there are a lot of uh, ways that this might express itself in you. Sometimes it's a really positive tired. It's a healthy thing. You get to the end of a, of a day of, a, of good hard work where you did something that you enjoyed or something that you think really mattered and, um, and, and, you're, and you're tired but it's good. Yet yesterday was a long day for, for my family. We, uh, I was here doing the training for a few hours. Went home and did some yard work because my wife said it's going to rain and we're going to get this done before it rains and I said yes ma'am. And uh, so we did yard work uh, then my son's band concert, and then we had a staff get together at the Skylers and hung out with them. And by the end of the day, I was exhausted. I mean, I, I, I was tired. But it was, it was a good tired. I thought, I would do this day again. I, I would do this day again tomorrow, next week. I would, I would do all these things again. That's a good tired. That's not a bad thing. But I think many of us, what we experience uh, all too frequently is, is what we would call a negative tired, an unhealthy tired, where we, we get to the end of the day, and we're just wiped out and and our, the scariest thought in our minds is, I have to do this again tomorrow, and I just wish I didn't. I wish, I wish I didn't have to ever do a day like this again, but I think tomorrow's going to be just like today, and, and we're just tired. I, I overheard a conversation at the coffee shop this week. There was a lady ordering, and uh, she said, I need an espresso now. And, and uh, it was like 8.30 in the morning. It wasn't super early, and she, she said, I've already had coffee, 
Um, but I, I walked into work, I looked around, and I was immediately tired. And so I'm back here, and I need an espresso now. <laughs> and she went on to say, my, my kids make fun of me for going to bed at 8.30. But I look at them and say, when you've worked your whole life, um, you're going to want to go to bed early too. She said, I'm 42, but I feel like I'm 80. Uh, because I just, I work so hard and I never can't seem to get a break and catch up. And some of you are like, yeah, I, I feel that. Um, so I don't, I don't think we're created to live that way. I don't, I don't think that God made us to live in this state of like exhaustion and dread and fatigue. And I, I don't think, I think he made us for peace and joy and purpose. And, and if you're, you're feeling of tired, just kind of working against your peace and joy then uh, th that's not, I, I want you to know, that's not what you were created for. That, that God has made a way for you to live outside of that, to move beyond that. And so we're going to talk about that today through the words of Jesus. What, what has God, uh, what way has he given us to deal with this kind of chronic fatigue and, and tiredness that we, we feel all the time? So we're going to read just three, uh, three verses of Scripture today, but here's what I want you to know before we, we dive into these words of Jesus. Uh, the, the more I have read these words and let them sink in over the last two weeks, the more meaning and power this has begun to have on my life. So my, my guess is that today um, you may connect with something that you hear, but if you would continue to go back to these words of Jesus and let them sink in, I think that's where the real power of this message is. It's not going to be in anything I say. Uh, it's going to be in the words of Jesus. When, when I began to understand that these are not just uh, some words that somebody wrote down a long time ago that, that may be helpful, but these are words from Jesus who knows me and loves me and is alive and well and in this room right in this moment, and Jesus is speaking these words to me now, that's when these words really began to have an impact on me, and I hope that they will for you as well. So uh, I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 11. Verses 28 to 30. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden light. For some of you, that's all you need. You could just get up and walk out right now, and you, you would have what you need for the day. You're not going to do it. It would be awkward when, if you did that. People would be looking at you. But really, that, this, is, this is all you need for the day. I'm going to read it again because I, I really think this is pretty much all you need. I'm going to say other things because that's my job, and I have the time, and, but this is what you need today. So I'm going to read it again, and I want you to hear these words as an invitation from your Savior who is alive and well and in this room and wants to communicate to you through his Holy Spirit, uh, I want you to hear these words again. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden light. That... That's a way of peace, isn't it? That's an invitation into a, a way of life that I think is foreign to many of us. Rest for our souls. Some of us look at our, this, the life, that situation that we're in, and we go, that, that's just not going to happen in this season. I'm just going to have to wait until later. I'm going to have to wait until the kids move out, or I'm going to have to wait until everybody's married. 
off, or I'm going to have to wait until I retire, and then maybe I can find rest for my soul. But Jesus is offering this invitation to you right now for today. I think it's difficult for us to understand. Here's, here's kind of what I think uh, the way we see our, our, our mornings. You wake up, and uh, you've got this backpack that you're going to carry around all day. And so you, you, you begin to think through all the things that have to go in this backpack. If you're, if you're a parent and you've got kids at home, you're starting to think through, okay, uh, we're going to get them dressed in clothes that probably match and don't have stains on them, hopefully. We're going to get them out the door on time. I'm going to get myself dressed in clothes that hopefully match without a lot of stains on them. We're going to get out the door, hopefully on time. Then I have to go to work, and I've, I've, I know what I have at work, and all this, I put that in my backpack, and then the kid's stuff is in my backpack, and then I, when I get home, then we've got to figure out dinner, and that goes in the backpack, and then uh, we've got this appointment that we've made for this evening, and this thing we're supposed to go to, and that goes in the backpack, and then hopefully, hopefully, we're all going to get to bed at a decent hour um, after a bowl of ice cream. All that's in the backpack. And that's how we start our day. And so we've already got a full backpack when we start. And then you, uh, you, you get up in the morning and you get, you're getting the kids around and one of them comes to you and says, so there's this project due today and I'm gonna need a piece of poster board and some uh, macaroni and popsicle sticks right now. And you're like, so that goes in the backpack. And, and then you get to work and uh, somebody says, hey, you know that thing that we were working on that's due next week? Well, guess what? It's due today. We've gotta get that done today. And that goes in the backpack. And, and you get home in the evening, and uh, there, are, uh, there are needs. Somebody gives you a call and says, hey, you're, you're not going to believe this, but um, you know, our, our friend is in the hospital, and, and we need to go down and see him. And that goes in the backpack. And, and by, by the end of the day, you think, if one more person puts one more thing in this backpack, I'm going to lose it. I'm just going to lose it. I can't take it. I can't take one more thing. And we carry all of these things around, and what, what we actually are experiencing when we say we're tired is not just physical exhaustion. Because carrying this stuff around isn't necessarily physically exhausting, but it's mentally and emotionally and spiritually exhausting. And I think this is what Jesus is inviting us into, not, not just to lay down our physical work. Hey, stop chopping wood for a while and come and let me give you rest. He is saying, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, with all of this stuff that's in your backpack. Labor is the stuff that you choose to do. Labor is the work that, that you have chosen. This is a part of the life you've chosen. I've got this job. I've got this family. I've got these hobbies or these things I'm involved in. That's my labor. Heavy laden is, uh, is more of a passive thing. That's the stuff that other people put on you that you didn't really ask for, but somebody else said, hey, you're going to have to carry this for a while, and you're going to have to carry this for a while. And Jesus recognizes both, that you have stuff in your backpack that you chose, and you have stuff in your backpack that you did not choose. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. What, what does that look like? Does that mean Jesus is going to take, take this uh, backpack from us, and he's just going to take all the stuff out of it and make it go away? Now, okay, you no longer have any responsibilities in life. You're totally free to do whatever you want. Is that how life works? Nope. It's not. Jesus doesn't invite us into this situation where he's going to solve all of our problems and take everything away that might cause us to be tired. But instead, he invites us into something else. So I think we really need to understand what tired means if we are going to get the most out of this invitation from Jesus. It's not just physical tired. It's something else. 
What is the something else that you really are feeling when you say, I'm tired? Well, uh, there's a whole new area of study called uh, parental burnout. Have you heard of that? Some of you are like, that's not new. Uh, that's, that's been around a while. <laughs> but it's, it's become a newly identified real thing that happens in our culture, and it's, it's getting a lot of attention from researchers, sociologists, uh, who are looking into what, what is parental burnout and what causes parental burnout, and they've identified three main causes for parental burnout. And some of you, are, you're going to hear this, and you're going to go, yep, that's, I've, I didn't know what it was, but now you give me a name for it. I am experiencing parental burnout. Um, the first cause is just exhaustion, and this comes from two things that you can actually usually address. Um, lack of sleep and a poor diet, okay? Lack of sleep and a poor diet, those uh, can lead to exhaustion. And when you just have a really busy schedule and a lot of responsibilities, sometimes it's hard uh, to focus on the things that you need to do to sleep well and eat well. But that's something you can solve. The other two uh, are a little different. They're things that are harder for you to solve. One is they, the word they use is inefficacy, which uh, what that means is uh, it's like a powerlessness. Like I don't have the power or the control to do what I think I'm supposed to do. I am not meeting my own expectations, and I'm not meeting the expectations of the people that I care about. Everyone seems to be disappointed in my efforts, including myself. It's that they call that inefficacy. And that's something that's a little harder. You can't just uh, eat a salad and, and, that, and that fixes that, right? And the third uh, cause for parental burnout is um, emotional distancing. They call it emotional distancing. That means that I have sort of taken all of this stuff on myself. I've put all of this stuff in my, my mom or my dad backpack. And I have decided... Uh, whether by choice or, or not by choice, that I have to carry this by myself, that no one else can understand, no one else can really help, that this is just my burden to bear, and I'm all alone in bearing it. And, and people who are in this place begin to cut themselves off from deep and meaningful relationships, and they feel this emotional distancing. So those three things, exhaustion, inefficacy, emotional distance, lead to parent parental burnout. And I don't think this is just confined to parents. I, I think anyone can experience those three things and, and experience what they, would, what they would feel like burnout and exhaustion. And this is kind of uh, what leads to, for some people, like what we call a midlife crisis uh, uh, or something like that. And so here's the amazing thing. The first one is something, like I said, that I think if, if you would focus a little bit on getting more sleep, you need eight hours, by the way. Some of you are like, no, I'm, I just need four. No, you probably don't just need four. You probably need more than that. Um, you, you probably need eight hours, uh, and you need to eat healthy. For some of you, that would, that would clear up some things for you. You'd begin to have more energy. Um, this is just a choice that you need to make. But the other two things, I think, are directly addressed in Jesus' invitation to come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. So we're going to start with the emotional distancing one, the, the place where we get, where we feel like we have to carry all of this stuff by ourselves. Here's the truth that Jesus wants you to know today. You were created to connect. You were created to connect. You were not created to live in isolation. You were created to connect. You are created to connect, first of all, to your Savior, your Creator, Jesus, who made you. That's why he says, come to me. Come to me. This is not something I can do for you from a distance. 
in order for me to help you with this tiredness, in order for me to help you with this burden, this weight that you're carrying, you're going to have to be near me. So come to me. We're created to connect with him, but we're also created to connect with other people. Uh, there's a researcher at the University of California named Sarah Pressman that's doing uh, research on uh, loneliness, and here's what she found out. Um, that uh, longevity uh, is going to be reduced by uh, several things in your life. How long you live. Obesity will reduce your longevity by 20%, drinking by 30%, smoking by 50%, and loneliness by 70%. Loneliness decreases your longevity. On, on the flip side of this same conversation, CNN did a report on this uh, small Mediterranean uh, village in Italy because they heard this statistic, and they, so they sent a reporter out. One in every 10 residents in this town is over 100 years old. One in every 10. That is remarkable. That's not true in our community or anywhere in the United States that I know of. One in 10 is over 100. So they sent a reporter there, and he sat down with this man named Antonio, who's 104 years old, and he said, tell me the secret to your long life. And uh, in, in one of the sweetest YouTube moments you can find, some of you ladies are going to go home and look this up because it's just incredible. He looks at this 98-year-old lady next to him, and he says, my beautiful wife. At 104, the secret to his long life, he looks at his wife and says, this is it. She's sitting right here. We were created to connect. We were created to have deep and meaningful relationship with our creator first, but also with other human beings. We need these connections. And let me tell you how we don't get them. We don't get them on our cell phones. That's not how we get deep and meaningful connections. We get a, a cheap version of connection through our cell phones. Text messaging, social media, email. Here's what happens. When you uh, send a text message or, or an email or you post something on social media and you get a response, whether that's a text response or a like or a comment or an email return, that notification, when you get that, it makes you feel good. It makes you feel good for a moment. And the reason why you feel good is because your brain is releasing a chemical called dopamine that responds to that notification. Dopamine is a very highly addictive and short-term drug that your body gives you when you get a notification from a text or social media like or an email. And we, our bodies, our brain is telling us that, that you are connecting with other humans. That's why you feel good and this is a good thing. But it's not a good thing because you get addicted to it and you need more. And so you, you get to a place where you need that response, that notification multiple times throughout the day. That's why I look at my son's uh, phone records and see that he has sent, uh, I, it's, it tells you how many text messages you send or receive. And mine was like 1,000 and his was like 4,000. I'm like, You're, who do you even know? You know like three people. I mean, I don't get like, that, that's, that's what's happening. And so, trust me, we're, we're dealing with that at home. But, th like, this is what happens. We get addicted to this notification thing, and we think that we're having connections with other people, but we're actually not. It's, it's just a cheap uh, version of it. But think about the difference between uh, that and the experience that you have when you sit down with a friend for coffee for an hour. And you just talk, and you catch up, and you laugh together, and you tell stories, and maybe you share hardships, and you cry together. And you walk away from that with this feeling, this good feeling of emotional connection, like that was a good thing, and I would like to do that again. 
but your brain is releasing a different chemical in this uh, circumstance called oxytocin. And oxytocin is healthy and it's not addictive. And it lasts way longer. You don't need that hour of coffee 18 times a day. You need it maybe once a week. And, and that's enough. And you're experiencing a deep and meaningful connection. And so this connection that we are created for, the world is going to try to provide shortcuts for it. But, but there are not any. We have got to do the work of connecting intentionally with our Creator through Jesus and with other human beings face to face. So here's the question I want to ask you. If, if you feel tired, if that's something that's a part of your life, ask, I want you to write this question down and, and, and to write your answers down. Am I connecting? Am I connecting? First of all, am I connecting to Jesus? Am I connecting to Jesus? This is something we call chair time here that you have this moment, maybe this chair, this same place where you can go every day and you just, you just take a few minutes. And the only thing on your agenda, there's no phone, there's no laptop, there's no tablet, the only thing on your agenda is to connect with Jesus. And so maybe you have a Bible, maybe you have a journal, maybe you spend some time in prayer, maybe you just, you just read a verse and you just kind of think about that for a while. Are you connecting with Jesus? You were created for that connection and without it, Without it, you're missing a key piece to your peace and joy. And are you connecting with other people? Are you connecting in a deep and meaningful way with people that know you well and care about you, okay? Those are two very important qualifiers. Not all connections with humans are created equal. You need to connect regularly with people who know you well and care about you. This is what microchurch is all about. We have these small groups that meet during the week. We call them microchurch because this is the macrochurch. And so micro is that thing that's smaller. It's a sciencey thing. So uh, that's what microchurch is all about is that you are getting together with people that know you well and care about you because you were created for that connection. My microchurch uh, meets by some ridiculous decision on my part on Sundays. When I get home on Sundays after this, I'm, I'm usually wiped out. I'm exhausted. And when 5.30 rolls around, I go, it's time to go to microchurch. Most Sundays, my, my gut is telling me, I don't want to do that. I'm not up for this. I just, I just want to watch the rest of the ball game. The Braves are losing. It's okay. We're going to come back. I just want to sit here for a while. I don't really want to go to microchurch, but I go. I just, it, it's just a commitment that I've made, and I go anyway. Or sometimes they're at, they show up at my house, which makes it easier, and I just... I don't have a choice at that point. I always feel better. I always have more energy. I'm always a little more positive about the day and looking forward to tomorrow because of that. And it's not because of anything specific that we study. It's just because I am spending an hour and a half to two hours with people who know me well and care about me. It makes all the difference. If you're feeling tired on a chronic level, if you're feeling this fatigue crop up every day, ask yourself this question. Am I connecting with people who know me well and care about me? And if not, you, you may need to take a step. So uh, that addresses the emotional distancing piece that, lead, that can lead to burnout in your life, um, the connection that we were created for. The next part is, is this sense of powerlessness or meaninglessness that I, I'm, I'm not doing enough, I can't keep up, this inefficacy. Um, I'm not doing enough. I'm not meeting my own expectations. I'm not meeting the expectations of others. I'm just not, I'm not getting the job done. This is where the words of Jesus, I think, have such a huge impact. When he says, take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. This is, this is our yoke. This is our yoke. This is the stuff, the burdens that we've put in our own, on our own shoulders. 
And Jesus says, sometimes, yeah, those are things you're going to have to carry. But if, if you would set that down for a minute and take up my yoke, I, I think you're going to find peace here. So what's a yoke? Uh, th- those of you, uh, maybe some old school farm, I don't know, does anybody plow with horses anymore? Does anybody do that? Um, a yoke is something that you would put on a beast of burden that goes over their shoulders that helps distribute the weight so they can pull the load easier. And when Jesus invites us to take his yoke, he's talking about a, a double yoke, right? Not, not, the, not the day when you crack that egg and you get the double yoke and you think, okay, I've won the day. It's, it's, it's already over. I got a double. Not that yoke. This is a, the harness thing that goes over the shoulders of the two beasts of burden side by side and distributes the weight so they can pull uh, more together. And so what, what they would do, I, I'm told, never experienced this myself, but <laughs> is they would, they would match up a, an, an older, more mature, stronger animal with a, a younger, like a rookie. You put a rookie with somebody who's, who's older and more mature, and, the, and by pulling together, the, the young one learns without having to carry all the weight themselves. That's what Jesus is inviting you into. He's, he said, we, we have some important work to do. When Jesus tells us to take up our yoke, he's implying that there is still work to do. Like, not working is not the goal. That's never the goal, is to just not work. We have important work to do. We're, we're going to work. But I want to work together. That's Jesus' invitation. If we work together, this is going to be so much better. And so take my yoke upon you and learn from me. And we're going to pull together. And if you're yoked with Jesus, you're going in the direction Jesus wants to go. You don't get to set the direction. You don't get to set the pace. He does all of that, and you just have to pull alongside of him. And that's where freedom and peace come in. Because Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden light. This had a double meaning in Jesus' time, first century Israel. When they, were, when they were talking about the yoke of a rabbi, they were talking about his teaching or the teaching of the law. This is the yoke that you are to, to carry. And Jesus says, my yoke, my teaching is easy and my burden light. He was comparing this to the teaching of the Pharisees. Well, the Pharisees said, you have all of these Old Testament laws and then we're going to add a bunch more just to make sure that you don't go anywhere near those laws. And Jesus said, I... My yoke is easy. My burden light. I just, I just have one. Love. Love one another as I have loved you. That's my yoke. You can memorize it in 10 seconds. That's it. And if you will walk along with me as we live out this teaching, you will find rest for your souls. Doesn't that sound good? He thought, I, I just thought I would rest when I die. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know that was possible to rest now. But the yoke of Jesus is easy and his burden is light. And if you're tired and you're looking for a way to contribute, because you are, you were created to contribute. And if you're looking for a way to do something meaningful with your life. So does this mean that if you have a job that doesn't feel meaningful, you should just quit your job and read your Bible all the time? No. That doesn't sound wise at all. There may be cases when, when you need to look for a different job because it's not matching up with your values. But that's not what Jesus is saying. He's saying, as you go about your work, I want you to work alongside of me as well. So here's the question you need to ask. What is Jesus doing in my workplace? I had never thought about Jesus being at my workplace. I haven't seen him there. I don't know where his office is. Hey, he's there. He's at your workplace. What is he doing there? He is pursuing the heart of every individual that comes into that space, calls on the phone, has business there, makes a living there. Jesus is pursuing every heart connected with your workplace. 
And he has invited you to take his yoke upon you and work with him. So what if your work was no longer just about the thing that you do to earn money? What if your work was about the work that Jesus is doing to point people to him with your words and actions? What if that was your work? Could you go home at the end of a hard day where you feel like the thing that you do to make money, this just wasn't fun today and I don't feel like we accomplished a whole lot, but you can say, I, I, I lived out this work alongside Jesus of loving others into his kingdom. You, you can lay your head on the pillow every night with peace. That's rest for your soul because your definition of success when it comes to your work is not, not the thing that that you, you do to earn money, but it's, it's the thing that you do alongside of Jesus to point people to him with your words and actions. What if that's the way you define success in your work? You would feel like you contribute. So here's the question that you need to ask. Am I contributing? Am I contributing? Am I contributing to the kingdom of God? Am I contributing to the work that Jesus is doing all around me? Am I helping out? Am I, am I pulling alongside of him? Or, or did, I, did I decide to yoke up with Jesus at one point and then I said, you know what, I, I'm, the direction you're going, um, that, that doesn't seem that fun, it feels too hard. I, let's go a different direction. And you tried to pull Jesus off course and you know you can't actually do that. He just kind of lets you walk away. But what if you could contribute to the work of the kingdom by, by staying side by side with Jesus and doing the relational work that he's called you to? and pointing people in your life to peace and joy. Because here, here's the reality. This is not about, like, I can't wait till I don't have to work anymore. Work is a good thing. The first thing that God gives Adam to do in the Garden of Eden, after he's created, Adam wakes up, and God says, hey, good morning, sunshine. We got a job to do. We're going to take care of this garden. That's the first thing he gives him to do. Work is good. So it's not about, it's not about finding the right job or or figuring out if your work is meaningful or not. It's about lining up with the work Jesus is already doing. Are, are you contributing to the work Jesus is already doing? This is one of the reasons behind our 5-2 training that Beth mentioned earlier. We want to help everyone line up with Jesus and work alongside of him in the direction of the kingdom of God. And 5-2 training is designed to do that. If you want to be a part of that, um, I encourage you to show up next week and uh, eat with us and, and learn. Because I think this is the invitation that Jesus offers us through his words today. That most of the time, what we feel when we say we're tired is not just physical exhaustion, it's, it's, it's a lack of connection or a lack of purpose in our lives, or maybe both. Most of the time, when we say we're tired, what we're actually experiencing is a lack of connection or a lack of purpose, and the way we feel like we express that is just to say, I'm tired. And Jesus says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden light. Jesus invites us to pursue connection and contribution with him. The things that you're missing in your life, Jesus can offer you. So these are the questions. Am I connecting with Jesus and with others? Am I contributing to his kingdom. And here's the beautiful thing about the way God works. You connect and you contribute at the exact same time, in the exact same way, because connection is your contribution. When Jesus says, here's the thing, here's, here's, the, here's the law, 
Here's all of it. Boil down to one thing. Love God with all your heart, soul, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Connect with God. Connect with people. That's why you're here. So you actually get to connect and live out your purpose in the same action and that is connecting with God and others. Isn't that great? This is so simple. It's so not complicated. That's that's the yoke of Jesus. That's what he's invited you to carry along with him. And when we do that, here's the amazing thing, when we do that, God brings people into relationship with his son. It's just beautiful how that works. I have a friend uh, who, who demonstrates this well. It looks for people who are lonely. She was um, helping out this lady who's, who's a widow and, and was older and driving her to the grocery store and they get her hair done and uh, just, just recognizing that, that people who live alone are, are lonely. And she stepped in to help. Well, this a lady had some medical issues, went into the hospital, and, um, and just is, is kind of stuck there for a while. And so this friend has just said, all right, well, let's just do this at the hospital. So she goes to the hospital every day and just and sits with her and talks with her and shares stories. And, and she's not a doctor. She's not solving these medical problems, but she is solving a major challenge in this lady's life. And this is the need for connection. And in doing that, she is living out her created purpose. So she's connecting and contributing at the exact same time just by spending some time with someone who's lonely. Maybe, maybe that's an opportunity God has put in front of you, that you could spend some time with somebody who's lonely. Or maybe you're lonely and you need to step out. You need to break through this, this fear barrier and step out and build a connection with another human being because you need that. You were created for that. And that is also how you contribute to the kingdom. And when we do this together, we live out our lives in such a way that God can use us to bring peace and joy into the lives of other people. That sounds like a great way to live. So I want to encourage you, commit these verses to memory. They're pretty short, just those three verses. And and just let that marinate for a while in your heart. Am I connecting? Am I contributing? What do I need to do to move closer to Jesus? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for um, this invitation from Jesus that is so powerful and, and real. And we're just in awe that you would, you would set up our lives in such a way where the solutions to our biggest problems are, are pretty simple. God, my prayer is that, that I and, and my brothers and sisters here, we would, we would just walk closer to Jesus. We would come to him with our burdens. We would come to him with our, our fatigue and our exhaustion. And, and we would join in the work that he is doing. We would find connection and purpose through our relationship with him. And you will in turn give us the rest that we so desperately long for. My prayer is, God, that you would do that in all of us and that through us then we would be a blessing to the people in our community who need to know that that you've invited them into a relationship as well. Father, use us and bless us. Give us the peace and rest that you've promised as we connect with your son, as we live out our purpose. In Christ's name, amen.